welcome to Click, a podcast about people, property, and places. On today's episode, we sit down with Laura Valenti, Managing Director of Solutions Property Management. Laura is passionate about recruiting top quality people and keeping them engaged by providing the best possible training and support. With offices across the north side and south side of Brisbane, Solutions Property Management cater for investors who want to put their properties in the hands of professionals. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Click Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kindred, and today we're welcoming Laura Valenti. Laura's famous for her uh, red jacket and uh, also all the things that she does in the property management space throughout Queensland. Welcome, Laura. Thank you, Josh. Great to be here. Thanks so much for joining us. So Laura, we're going to get to know you um, as a person. The, the podcast about people, property and places. Um, we're going to get to know some of your favourite places, some of the places that have changed your life and um, some of the property journey that you've experienced. So, Laura, tell us about yourself and um, a name, last name like Valenti. Does that, mm-hmm. you know, is there their heritage there? Is that your married name? Tell us about yourself, Laura. Sure. Well, yes, um, I come from Italian background. My parents both came from Italy in, in the... 60s with that you know immigration push um so they met in brisbane and uh got married and and had the three of us and so i was born in brisbane all my life in brisbane and i just decided not to change my name oh cool yeah (laughs) all right so so you're married but it's it's your maiden name and and obviously um there's there's a proud heritage there so um so you're second generation australian now or i suppose first born Firstborn Australian okay. to Italian parents. Yeah. What was it like growing up? Did your parents speak Italian at home, or were they? Did they speak English straight away as soon as they came over? Or? So my father's English was not too bad because he was here for a few years, and my mother came, and a year after she came, they married, and so um, in- Italian was the first language at home. Okay. And uh, my older brother. Um, pretty much could not speak English when he went to school. Wow. Fortunately, we were in a, a little area in Red Hill um, where there were a lot of Italian children of Italian immigrants and so half of the class couldn't speak English. So um, he, he was kind of in the majority there but soon picked it up and, of course, then when he came home he would speak in English and so I kind of got to learn English before I went to school, which was lucky. He can't speak a word of it now but I can because I've studied it since then. Okay. Um, but um, it was interesting because I would bring the spelling home, you know, because I was a very studious student right. and um, and I wanted to be the best, you know. So yeah. I'd get home with my with my homework and I remember the, the book in grade one and grade two and I'd give it to mum to test me and that was how she learned English. So that's how yeah, she wow. learned how to spell because spelling is of course. Uh, really hard for Italians because they don't do spelling. And it's not like they the don't. English language is easy. No, no. <laughs> so uh, that was how she learned. So um, as we kids kind of, you know, got our other friends and, and started to um, socialise, so uh, English became the main language at home. But I was also fortunate because my parents from, were from two part, different parts of Italy. So when they then met and and you know had a family they actually wouldn't converse in their dialects they would converse in the proper italian and what you find is you have a a lot of um people of my generation born of italian migrants and they actually picked up the dialect and not the real italian so you have a lot of sicilians for example or 
uh, Abruzzese, okay. who only speak the dialect because that's all they learnt at home. So I was really fortunate because I learnt the real Italian, so it makes it easier for me to to actually converse in, in proper Italian. Now, it's not great, but it's, yeah. it's, it's I get by. So. Wow. Tell us, tell us, tell us something. Just introduce yourself in Italian. Uh, buongiorno, mi chiamo Laura. Okay, <laughs> very good. That's a beautiful language. I'm going to Italy next year. What's, what's a great place to visit? Oh gosh. Um, well, my dad's from Tuscany, so I have to say Tuscany. Right. Okay. Um, and he's actually from a, a beautiful city called Lucca, which is the um, the like. I don't know how many thousands of years ago it was the ca- the original capital of Italy. I may be wrong, don't quote me on this. But they have the best um, example of a walled city, I think, in, in the world okay. where the wall is totally intact. Um, look it up, Lucca. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful, right. um, beautiful city. Um, and so, you know, Tuscany is beautiful. And where my mum comes from is Abruzzo, which is, um, where do you know? Everyone knows... Um, it's in the middle okay. anyway. Yeah, um, all right. It's the sheep country, they call it. So okay. where the peasants come from. So right, my dad beautiful. reckons that she married up, you know, <laughs> when she met him. <laughs> well, don't all blokes think that. Well. <laughs> Laura, tell us, you're, um, you, you're famous f- for your red jacket and it's, it's hmm. obviously something that um, you, you've, I suppose, adopted into your business. Tell us about your business and um, what, what, what makes you love your business so much? Um, gosh, you know, I listened to a, um, a seminar by the great Antonia, um, the CEO of the REIQ, and she said, you know, some days I love my job and other days, you know, not so much. Yeah. And I really identified with that. Um, so I'm just really passionate about doing things the right way. And I, I kind of fell into real estate um, and I fell into property management and I found there was um, something about property management that really fit in with with me and my sense of order and detail. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and I realised that if you set it all up properly, then it will work and it will work really, really well. And so what I love, I love the, the human aspect of it. I love training the staff. I love interacting with the owners and the tenants. Um, and with other real estate professionals, I love exchanging ideas. I love it's a love hate relationship where I hate how there's so much that's not right yet okay. with our industry. Yeah. But I love that maybe we can help to improve things. So that's kind of my journey, I guess, wanting to to make things better, make it more professional, um, so that when you say yes, I'm a real estate agent, the the um the reaction is not uh, the reaction is oh wow you know like yeah. I used to be a flight attendant and and I, w- I flew for Qantas internationally before okay. I fell into real estate and and that was you know you go to a barbecue and what do you do I'm a flight attendant oh my god you know and they all crowd around you where have you been and what do you do and it's yeah, not yeah, so yeah. flash it's not so glamorous but you know yeah. however real estate's kind of the opposite where um you know we're doing great things for people where we're helping them in the most major decisions of their life whether they're renting or buying and 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 you know the reaction is like oh yeah yeah you're all shonky you're all liars yeah. and that's not true so I uh, I really that's the first thing we have to do is just to raise that um, awareness of what we actually do and gosh the hardest workers in the world I think uh, are sales and property managers 
Yeah, it's um, it, listening to you, I actually get goosebumps listening to that because you can, a lot of the podcasts that, and the reason we developed this podcast is that we want to just strip back agendas and be able to learn from people and um, you're extremely successful. You've got a really successful business and, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but everything you just talked about there is, is not about the success of the business, but it's just that passion about helping people yeah. with it. And that, you know, that's not about your personal gain or your personal agenda and I think that's that's really special tell us about your business how many staff do you have now um, what, what specifically does your business do so we have our main office we call our corporate office in North Lakes and we also have a subsidiary office in Springfield so the North Lakes office covers pretty much from Caboolture all the way down to the north side of Brisbane and the Redcliffe Peninsula um, and the Springfield office covers a big area, Logan, Ipswich, Springfield, amazing potential down there. But all of our um, administration is done at our corporate office at North Lakes, okay. and that's where I'm based. We have, oh, I think, 16 staff at the North Lakes office and three people on in Springfield. Okay. Um, out of those, seven property managers in total – to leasing consultants and the rest admin and a BDM, an BDM assistant. And so your business is uh, Property Solutions? Solutions Property solutions Management. Solutions Property Management. Yeah. Thank you. And and how many properties do you manage? Uh, on the north side, it's about 700, um, 730, I think. And the south side is about 300. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, you, so you're just over 1,000 properties yeah. under your management. When I think about that, I think, well... There's got to be a thousand tenants. Well, no, then there's usually there's two people, so there's two thousand tenants. Usually there's there's kids or someone else and a dependent in that house. So there's three th- three thousand tenants that you you know you you manage um, their shelter, their home, mm. um, and that's just the tenant side. And then you've got the landlords as well. It's it's incredibly important. Um, what do you think is is the biggest thing that um, you can or that you do today um, that improves their lives? So me personally, yeah, your business and what what do you think mm. the industry is doing to, yeah. to really improve their lives in a way that I suppose takes away that from that that shonkiness that yeah, you talk about? Yeah, um, so it's all about service. Um, people these days are demanding better, more efficient. Uh, service which 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 is great so you know it's it's about realizing what we're doing is is a people business and we try to um we're trying to to create a really efficient service because with efficiency comes comes great service and so you know if if a tenant wants to have a look at a property, they've just got to go online, you know, click, click, book themselves in and go. When they want to put an application in, they just go online and, and fill out their application form, click, click, send. Yeah. Um, that, that's all great service. for Tenants don't, don't want to have to hassle writing applications and finding a scanner and scan them into. Yeah. That's, you know, that's yesterday. Um, they they want efficiency. They're busy. Um, they want to know that you know they probably they need to know in a day if they have that property or not. Otherwise, they move course, somewhere yeah. else. Uh, and then when they're approved, it's about the communication. And they come in and we do a sign up like an induction with them, so that we tell them what we expect of them, and they in turn you know 
tell us what they expect. And and it's it's just uh, it's about building relationships, I guess. I don't know if I've answered the question. Do, do tenants feel because I think tenants typically, I mean, the, the, our entire audience are either property owners, investors, or tenants, and I don't think that you know there's, there's no class. Um, is is how I feel about it, but certainly tenants feel like they're put into a class. Mm. Um, yep. I, is that the is that what you see and experience through the industry? I have, and and I've got to say I'm quite disappointed when I, I'm a you know you look in the the closed groups you know and where and I kind of am a, mem- a member of a couple of the property manager closed groups in Facebook for example, and and it just disappoints me when I see some of the you know terrible language that goes on and. And, and the way that some property managers regard tenants and, you know, it's just very unprofessional and it gives everyone a bad name. Um, this year especially, I'm glad you asked that question because this year especially we've been thinking more and more about the tenant experience. Um, I think I think we've got it with the owners. I think we know what they want. They know what what they want from us. They just want us to manage their property. Most of them want us to leave them alone, get the maintenance sorted. I think we've got that. So what's missing now is how the tenants perceive us um, because, and it, it sounds like a cliche, but seriously, without the tenants, we'd have no business, the owner would have no money. Um, and so we, we have to treat the tenants not just the same as the owners, even a little bit better because the tenants did not have a choice in coming to us. They right. they chose the yeah, property. Of they didn't choose the agent. The Unless agent. there's yeah, two properties that are exactly the same next to each other, they loved our service, they'll go with us. But they choose the property, not the agent. And so we are their agent by default. And like it or lump it, they're stuck with us until they decide they just got to move. An owner can just say to us, I'm giving you 30 days notice, I don't like you, I'm going. But the tenant can't do that course, because yeah. it means up, upheaving their, their whole their family, livelihood their and moving. And so th- I think this is what has come, this is what has caused this funny relationship between property managers and tenants because the, it's a necessary evil. The tenants are stuck with us and we're kind of stuck with them. And, and so there's, there's that thing that can happen. Um, so we are their agent by default but we need to, to turn that into a positive and make it so that they are really happy that they have chosen to come with us. How do we do that? How do we change? How does mm-hmm. the, our, this, in, this next generation, and, and there's no doubt that there's going to be more tenants throughout the next generation, the, yeah. the, that next generation are less likely to buy property, it's harder and harder to do so. How do we change that experience so that we can get rid of that stigma? Uh, look, all I know is what we're doing and it, it is, it is again, cliche, it's all about communication. Right. And so from the very beginning, like I said, we, you know, you advertise your property with beautiful photos. Now, we heard from realestate.com that, and they did this survey amongst, I think, all of Australian tenants and the, and the biggest gripe for people looking for rental properties is poor quality photos. Right. Okay, so that's easy. You get a professional photographer and you, you get great photos. Mm. You do a text. So people, they'll, they'll know what they're looking at and, and so they're not wasting their time going out looking at properties. Because when, when a property's up for sale, they go and stage it and they make it beautiful. They get these incredible photos and videos. And then when it's the tenant, they sort of just use the iPhone or Exactly, or, or take it from 
RP data and yeah. say, oh, that'll do, you know. Well, that yeah. that's not what we're about. Photo from five years ago. Yeah, and I, and I will say a lot of agencies are, are following this kind of course of action too. I've seen more and more professional photos and staging. I think that's a really great thing. And then, you know, when we meet them, you know, we treat them with respect, we take them through. Even if we don't think that this is the right tenant for the property, you know, you still have to treat everyone the same. Uh, and then the application's so easy. It's an online form. Click, 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 send. They love that. And and we can process an application, you know, within a day. It just depends on the references that are slow in yeah. coming back. Uh, and then when, when it's the communication throughout the whole thing from the application process all the way through. And then when they're approved, the emails go out. They know exactly what's happening. We have that conversation. We have them in. We have the induction interview. You know, we have the maintenance app so they can report maintenance really easily. One thing that we do now, the property manager comes into the sign-up appointment just for the, in the last five minutes to introduce themselves. Okay. Again, there's a face. This is the person who's going to be dealing with yeah, you now. Yeah, we're real. Yeah. And um, tell me, what issues have you had in the past? Cool. When Great you're question, isn't it? Isn't that a good question? Because then they'll say, oh, maintenance was never done. You know, yeah. and that's the biggest gripe that tenants have is you know i report maintenance and it's never done and so we go great i'm gra- i'm glad you said that this is our maintenance app you just you know you report it you can take a photo send it and and it will it'll be forward to the owner straight away and we will get it done if it's necessary and yeah um, and otherwise, if not, you know, we will keep you in communication the whole time. It sounds like it's really just about a philosophy change where we say that, you know, that the industry starts to say, and, and when I say the industry, it's it's everyone's under the industry, right? So if you're a tenant or you're an investor, you, you're part of this. Um, but it's a change of philosophy and mindset to say tenants aren't just tenants. Oh, they're, they're customers. They're, they're our clients and as the, well. And the service will, will start mm. to come. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, this is something that's really pissed me off mm. um, over the time I've been over the last 17 years in real estate is that you hear, and I, it's only started to annoy me the last few years because I've probably changed my thinking, mm. that the industry said, well, you've got to look after tenants because one day they might become buyers. And that really annoys me because, me you know what, we should look after them because they're people. And yep. and it's it's mm. tr- like how do we we've got to keep trying to work on changing that and, and I want to applaud you for doing that. Tell me, is it hard from a places perspective? You know, you manage property from Caboolture all the way down to Springfield. You're yep. talking about a, a stack of different socioeconomic areas. Are there places that are harder, or is it is it that when the process is good, the philosophy is good to care that it just doesn't matter? Yeah, it it really doesn't matter. And you're right, we are managing tiny little duplexes in Brassel, which is past Ipswich or near Ipswich, I don't okay, know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, to, we just got away this beautiful, um, look like a display home in North Lakes for seven fifty, which, you know, for someone working in, in the city is not a lot of money, but for yeah, us yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. rent <laughs> yeah. for North Lakes. Um, and and it's, it's the same philosophy, you know. Um, the owner did pay for staging, of furniture in in the expensive property, I'll grant that. However, the process is all the same. We we treat it all with the same care and skill that we that we would with a, a more expensive property, uh, because you're still dealing with people. Um, the different socioeconomic areas. How do I don't think we really do anything different. Um, 
And is your, is your experience different? You know, is, yeah. is it harder to, to manage property in, in some of those other areas? Look, it can be. Um, it's all about tenant selection um, for, for any property because you can have really high-end property with really difficult people moving in um, because they sometimes they might have a little bit of a sense of entitlement and, and you know just like we treat everyone the same we expect to be treated like human beings as well yeah. and so um, so with the the, the lower priced properties um, you know we we do the same and and we we check our references um, we do find that with the, the let's say we we'll talk under 400 a week or under 300 a week we tend to have more applications come in because you know a lot of people looking for for Cheaper lower price property, yeah. yeah and so um, it just means that it takes us a little bit longer to go through all the applications and, and choose the ones yeah. that, that the owner wants um, so there is a little bit more time involved in that uh, sometimes um, a little bit more time in education of the tenants who um, the, the ones who – the tenants who go for the lower-priced properties, they're, they're kind of like a little bit inexperienced a lot of times. They just come out of uni or um, just, you know, um, wanted to move in with their boyfriend, girlfriend, and so it might be their first property. Yeah. And, and so they do need education – and, and so we spend a lot of time in our tenant induction telling them about what their responsibilities are, what their rights are, and, and basically teaching them how to be tenants, um, which, which unfortunately that's just the way I mean, we don't learn that at school, right? You no. don't learn how to fill out a, a tenancy application or no. even what you have to do for a bond or, or any, any of these core skills in life. We talk about it so often. How do you go and buy a house or how do you rent a house? We don't, we don't learn that. No. And then we wonder why these, the, you know, that younger generation, you know, they've got to go through the experience to learn it. Well, yeah, and it a, a lot of them, they don't understand that really paying your rent is your first bill to pay and then, then you buy food. Like, it's that important because yeah. you can go to any, um, if you're fall on hard times, you can go to any charity and they will feed you and they will feed your family, but they won't pay your rent. And what's the point what of having... about Netflix? Will they pay you Netflix? Oh, don't, don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you think about that generation. Well, I'm sure they still have Netflix yeah, and, and everyone's got a mobile phone. And I get it. You need it to look for job and whatever. But if you don't have a roof over your head, then what's the... What's, you can't feed your family. You can't do anything. Uh, it, it happens a lot at Christmas time. You know, a lot of people, they just don't... They, they don't know how to um, manage their... Their, their money maybe and so you know our oh, funds are low at the moment because our car rego is due and this and that. I get it you know there's a lot of people struggling out yeah. there um, but you know Christmas is coming I'm sure you bought presents for your kids wouldn't you like a roof over your head rather than presents on Christmas yeah, day yeah, of course um, and so we've got to be strong about that but you know it's our job <laughs> to educate the tenants about what their priorities should be. Otherwise, they'll find themselves out in the street. Nobody wants that. So, so talk to the tenant. Who, let's talk to the, the next nearest tenant, you know, that, that young young kid that's thinking, oh, I'm thinking about moving out, I want to get a rental, I want to go and get my own rental. Yeah. What's the number one tip that you would give that sort of person that's thinking about moving out of home? Yeah. Um, so a lot of things, there's a lot of factors, as you know, uh, if they have a... Um, a steady job 
then that goes in their favour. Right, okay. So if they have a steady job and steady income... Sorry, because I hear so often tenants say, you know, I've put 10 applications in and I can't get approved. Mm. You know, Mm. what's wrong with me? And and I I always wonder, you know, there's got to be a way that we can actually let them know, well, this is what's happening. I know the industry doesn't do a good job of that. So sorry to interrupt, but, you know, what's the tip that you'd give... Yeah, I actually have a lot of this on my website. Uh, we've got a quite an extensive FAQ. What's your website? It's solutionsproperty.com.au. Yep. Um, yeah, just type in solutions property and you'll see us come up. Um, and, you know, it is hard to get your foot in the door, but you you can. And the tips I would say is firstly, you know, when you're attending the, the viewing, you know, be respectful and it's like kind of like a job interview right. and at, if, if you're young and straight out of school or uni you're going to be attending a few job interviews so treat this like another job interview um, because the way that you present yourself will go a long way to and I don't mean wearing a suit I just mean you know being respectful and and ask questions um, because that will go a long way to to then when we're presenting the application we say to the owner look there is no rental history but, you know, they were, they were very reasonable. They, were, they, they seemed to, to know what their responsibilities were. Did you want to give them a go? Um, so a lot of times we might, you know, the owner might be okay with a six-month lease to start and see how they go. And also one thing that we do advise is if you have a parent or someone um, uh, who is prepared to be on the lease. Now, a lot of people talk about okay, guarantor. Right. Yeah. But guarantor is not a word in... In the, in the Tenancy Act. So we would encourage a parent maybe because they're moving out of home and so the, the parent might put their name on the lease along with the, the tenant, uh, not live there but just have their name so that they're responsible. That's a great idea. Oh, we, yeah. we do it a lot. And, and, you know, if they if the parent doesn't want to, then we've got to think, well, why would you think that this owner who doesn't even know this tenant would try to to put their, their faith in them when you can't even put your faith in your own child. So, yeah, yeah. So that, that's, that's a, a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. I, 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 you know, they're the sorts of tips that that generation could... Re- and, uh, and it's not just that generation. It's There's a lot of people that struggle to get rentals because often it's it's highly fought after. Tell yeah. me um, <clears throat> your property journey. But you, mm. You've chosen... You know, you've lived in Brisbane your whole life. Yeah. Um, you chose to live in, in Moreton Bay region. Yeah. Um, what, what was it like buying your first home and, and what's, okay. the, what's the journey been like? Uh, gosh, my first home, I, I was late into the property <coughs> market. I was 30 when I purchased a little um, townhouse in Chermside and so lived there for uh, a couple of years and then um, um, got together with David. I was with David at the time but then we decided to... We wanted to move to Ashgrove. Okay. And so we thought, oh, we'll put we'll put this on the rental market. And we, I wasn't in – we were not in real estate at that stage. Um, I think my husband was, but I wasn't. And so then we bought this lovely little um, – uh, I guess it was a Queenslander in Ashgrove. And um, and we put Chermside on the rental market. And, and guess what? We did everything that we tell people not to do and we managed it ourselves. <laughs> Can you believe, you know, yeah. oh, I can do this, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. David, you know, you've been in real estate, you're in sales, you yeah. know, oh, that's okay, we can do a lease, we're, we're smart, we know what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you know, um, the tenants were okay, but they just did not, they did not take care of the property. The weeds were up to my head and, and they, 
they then started to be late with their rent and I just went, oh, my God. And so then we just handed it over to – it was a Remax agent – um, and she said, yep, no worries. And she just got them all sorted out. And it's just that barrier, <laughs> isn't it, sometimes? I mean, really, mm. when you've got somebody that's struggling, not paying their yeah. rent or they're, yeah. they're struggling to look after a place, it's really hard to be hard on people. Oh, my gosh. I, if it was now, <laughs> understand, like, since yeah. then I've learnt property management. This was like 20 years ago. Um, I, I would know what to do. Yeah. But I didn't back then. And and so I, I, I tell this story to everyone who will listen because – I consider myself not stupid. I consider myself learned. I, you know, we can't. We knew basically what to do, but when it comes down to doing it yourself, it it's just so hard. It's yeah. not worth it. And that was my beautiful first property that I ever bought, and there was emotion there as well. I said, "Oh my god!" And so we ended up then selling that um, to just we needed to clear up, um, get funds, yep. and then so we were in Ashgrove, and then we decided. Okay, we're going to oh, because David decided he wanted to open up um, a real estate office. Okay, um, as people do, sick of working for other people, and um, we thought, oh, how hard could this be? I was working as a flight attendant back then, so okay. I said, "Great, David, that's your baby, but I ain't touching it." Yeah, 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 I can do it all myself. Okay, so we um, opened up a Harcourts franchise. Okay, that was back in two thousand and one. Wow. Yeah, one. We were one of. 12 dozen or so who were in our courts. And um, boy, that was interesting. Um, And so, of course, I would come back from a trip. So this is, you know, you get up, let's say, this is the glamorous life of a flight attendant, right? So I would would get up, uh, because I was based in Sydney, so I had to fly from Brisbane to Sydney first. So let's say I get up at 10 in the morning, get ready, go to Sydney, get there, you know, in the afternoon for call and after call we get to the airplane we'd have our first shift which is 10 hours you know I'd be awake for 20 hours uh, before I could you know get my first little rest in the tiny bunks in the top of the aircraft and of course you know it was a whirlwind trip just there and back and so again the same thing you get called in your hotel you get ready you go and meet you go to the airport you wait you wait you wait you wait anyway so I'm home after a 24 hour kind of day with maybe four days of rest four hours of rest in between I go home Oh, because then when we got, sorry, when we decided to buy our first office, we had to sell Ashgrove. Yep. That was a really big, 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 big step, emotional yeah. decision because I yeah. loved that home. But we had to so many, it. So many, you know, there's so many stories about Australian businesses that do that. They, mm. they sell their family home and kick off the business. And so I had thing. to become a tenant, yeah. you know, and oh my gosh, you know, this is weird. I've never been a tenant before. So um, so we found this house that, that suited us. It was just, it was fine. It wasn't great, but, you know, it was the right price. And so we were there for a year and in that year... I remember sitting watching TV twice. Every other time I was either away or I was working in the office. Right. And so I would get back from this so-called, let's say, this LA trip and then I would have a shower, have something to eat, get in the car, go to the office and put in a day at the office. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But any business owner it. will know yeah. that's what you do. Did you start with zero properties? We started with – what we bought was just a rent roll of 25. Okay, right. Um, when I look back now, oh my gosh, we did so many things wrong. <laughs> it was wrong, wrong, wrong. Um, but you know, everything was paper then. It's amazing how much things have really progressed. I was doing ECRs, entry condition reports, on paper. Yeah. And then every time there was a new one, I'd redo Re- it. Rewrite you know? it. Uh. <laughs> um, 
everything with we started off because it didn't balance the nothing balanced and so we we had console but we couldn't use it we did everything manually and right. lucky david's got a really great accounting mind right. because um when a tenant came in to pay rent <laughs> we had these ledger cards that we would write from that date to that date that much it's crazy we were taking cash big mistake never do that yeah, yeah. anyway so um it's it's hard. I think you know managing twenty five properties harder than a thousand in some ways. It is. So we, of course we had to hire someone to manage those twenty five properties of because I, I knew nothing about property management. Yeah. Nothing. So then okay, well obviously you know my organisational skills because uh, I started just with organising the admin, the reception, um, helping out where I could, and so I thought well I better go and get my license, and so you know. I didn't even know what a PAMD was back then. Right. Like, what's that? Oh, that's an agreement. Okay. Yep. So, um, so I went and I did my 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 full license and uh, and just went to as many training courses as I could, as many as I could. The RAQ has been really great with their training, uh, and just soaked up all the information. And and when I would be away, sometimes you're away and you're you're at a, a port for one night, you can't go out, you can't do anything. I'd have my little laptop and I'd just be doing forms and checklists and just, oh, this has got to be improved, this has got to be better, this has got to be better. Yep. And so that's how it kind of evolved. And uh, Harcourts was, was good too because they had a lot of systems, but not with property management. So I pretty okay. much created those for myself. And um, and it kind of, you know, we learnt, we learnt, we thought, oh, I'm going to do that better, I'm going to do that better. And so you just, that's the thing, is just next time you just got to do it better. So anything in business, you're always learning, aren't you, through Absolutely. your mistakes? Absolutely, yeah. as, as you grow. You you live in Moreton Bay now, what makes you yes. choose to live there? And so, yes, from Ashgrove, we, yeah, we, we rented for a year and we thought, oh, we want to... Re- renew the lease because we weren't ready to buy and then of course the owner said no I want to move in so I really feel for tenants can I just tell you every every you know real estate owner or property manager needs to I think have been a tenant at one stage yeah, of course. because then I just felt like the, the world dropped from under me I was I was pregnant I was six months pregnant yes and we thought well you know let's stay yeah. here um, I was still, you know, I was working as a flight attendant. Or I had maternity leave, but and and it was like, oh my god, where are we going to go? This was Christmas time, anyway. So we kind of pulled in some favors with family, yeah. and were able to scrounge a deposit, and we were able to purchase a house in McDowell, which is next yep. to Chermside. Thank goodness we did because so lucky. Three months later, two thousand and three was the big boom. Yeah, it was, and. We, that the value like doubled in a couple of years. So we were really fortunate with that. So we stayed there for 14 years. Um, and then we just, since in between then, you know, we kind of had moved up to the north side and then we started up our office in Burpengary. And we thought we want, we, we were always, every weekend we seemed to be drawn to the peninsula. Okay. So... You know, let's go for a drive. What can you do with a little kid in tow? Oh, let's go. Let's go have a coffee yeah. on the beach in Redcliffe. So we're always drawn to Redcliffe and, and, you know, and David has this dream of buying a boat. And so he had a dream of, you know, living on a canal. And so, you know, you kind of look at that dream and look at what you've got and you think, you know, how much you've got to, yeah, to go through going. beforehand. And so we had this idea, Scarborough. We just really wanted to live in that Scarborough area. And so we put our money where our mouth was and we enrolled our 
boy Adam into the Scarborough School. Yep. So we were doing McDowell. Make you commit to the area. Yeah, McDowell, because he was in high school. We didn't want to change him in high school. We went from McDowell to Scarborough, then to North Lakes, (laughs) and then back. Oh, it was tough. But anyway, you do what you do. And so then uh, we were able to um, purchase a house in, in Newport and we moved up two years ago. Beautiful. Yeah, love it. Excellent. So tell me, um, you've got a really successful business. What does the next 10 years look like for you? You're going to kick back with David's boat or you're (laughs) going to change the property management industry? What's what's your dream? Oh, yeah, um, I do do want to, you know, try to make a difference. Um, We're still, with our business, we still, we need to get to that next level, I think. And so we're looking at, I think the magic number for us might be 3,000. Wow. Because at that stage we can still remain, I can still have control um, over most things and I can still know what's going on. If you get too big, that's fine. You know, there are agencies out there that have four, five, seven thousand, 7,000 and yeah. they make it work. But as far as I'm concerned, I still, I think I need to be able to oversee while I'm still there and uh, and I think, at 3,000, we can still remain. We still have the same model. I think that will work right. up to about 3,000. Uh, it will also enable me to step back, maybe put in a general manager and, and be able to, um, you know, sort of put my feet up a little bit, hopefully, and by then maybe David will have his boat. Um, so, so, yeah, there are goals for the business and there's also, yes, goals for for improving this, this industry, um, whatever one little person like me can do. Um, I think we owe it to ourselves and to to the industry that has given us so much to to try to give back and improve things. Um, you talked about the uh, people leaving school and not knowing how to rent. So uh, a few people are doing this, and it, and I think it's it's a it's as good as any idea. We go out to schools and we do little talks about. You know how to get your first rental Beautiful. property. So I've done that in the local schools and down also on the south side, and that's received quite well by the teachers. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> uh, course. The students are in there waiting for schoolies waiting for next week. No, I've got schoolies. schoolies, and then I talk about schoolies at the end, and then all their ears prick up. Yeah. and I tell them, you know, you take photos, you make sure you, you, you know, so you can oh, get you your help bond them through that, of course. Back, yeah. you know, they don't realise that they're. When they go there, what an it's all induction about fun. to renting, right? <laughs> oh, it's and it's not really a good induction because no. I, I believe that no one ever keeps their security deposit. Yeah, they always get taken. So, um, so I've been doing that, and and I think that's just my little, you know, um, drop in the ocean of trying to to help tenants out because if you have informed, educated tenants, then everything just goes smoothly, because then. You know, we educate our owners and we have that relationship with our owners and they know what they should do and what maintenance they should do and, and we can kind of, you know, be their advisors on that. But if the tenants aren't doing the right thing, it, it just makes it so much harder. And of and, of course, we can tell the tenants what they need to do, but are they going to listen to us? You know, you're just an agent. You know, I'm going to call the RTA and they'll get the same information from the RTA, which is yeah. great. But, you know, to, to know what their responsibilities are even before they get to us is just makes everything so much easier. So that's my, my goal is to try to educate, educate people in what the legislation tells them to do and then hopefully we can negotiate what is grey in the legislation, which is a lot. 
Um, there's also the Tenancy Skills Institute, if I can give them a plug, the TSI, okay. um, government it's funded. Tenancy Skills Institute. Institute yep. It's relatively new, um, I, I understand. Oh, it'll be going for a couple of years. It's kind of been like slow to start, but I think it's now gaining traction. Yeah. And it's funded by the state government and they've got funding for five years and they are training trainers and they, they have got a lot of trainers in place now and they it's a two-day course it's free for for tenants and they learn how to be tenants they Tenant. learn how to um how to clean a house properly it sounds really really silly but a lot of people were not taught yeah well my kids won't know how to clean <laughs> <laughs> that's your fault josh yes. um <laughs> uh how so true the importance of paying your rent um, pay your rent first and then go and get you your food or, you know, you go if you've got money yeah, left yeah. over, entertainment. Um, and also the third thing is um, how to – or just how to deal with people respectfully. Again, you know, property managers are people and sometimes, you know, we can be a little bit um, – our, our nerves can get frayed because we're dealing with so many people of course, yeah. uh, over so many problems. We're almost counsellors. And so, you know, sometimes we can kind of be a bit snappy as well. But, um, you know, the people we're dealing with have to understand that they've got to be respectful as well. Because this is a job for us, you know. This is what we do for a living and it's more like a vocation really if you're a good property manager it means you love it because you don't last long it's like being a nurse or a teacher it's, it's sort of this conflict resolution and it sounds yeah. like you've, you've added respect to that you have to and, and like i said this year's been my push and and it's really reduced a lot of the conflict i i've, I've noticed just so um so so much fewer uh conflicts and uh annoyed tenants annoyed owners because if you've got tenants to do the right thing then your owners are going to be happy as well yeah of course so that's our focus a little bit more now is just to get that that tenant um having that relationship with them so the tenancy skills institute um is great two-day course and i've i've been i've had a look at one of i've actually sat in on one of those courses and it's just awesome information and i just said oh can i just send all of my new tenants new to tenants you? Too. um and they feel empowered and and they you know, there's some great success stories that people have had a bad rental history too. Sometimes they fall in with the wrong, you know, their partner, you know, does something wrong and, of course, they're implicated at the same time because of course, the, yeah. everyone is, is responsible in the lease. And um, and so they, they get put on the, the tenancy database, um, which makes it very hard for them to find another property. Um, so they go and do this course and, and if we... They, they get a certificate at the end, which is a skill-based um, achievement. And so... When you're presented with that, well, okay, they now understand what their responsibilities are. Let's give them a go, and so I really think that there's a bright future for that. For that really valuable um, two days tenancy skills ten yeah. institute. It's called the uh, skills for skill sets for tenants course, but it's by the Tenancy Skills Institute. Just Google them or get on their Facebook yeah, yeah, page. Yeah, 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 excellent. Um, Really great. And so uh, they've in the I've I've offered to um, you know be a guest speaker. So what they do is they have a two day course, and at the end they have a guest speaker in, like someone in the industry, and a property manager will come in and say, okay, now this is what we expect. This is what we expect, and they're going, oh, okay, that's what they told us. Yeah, that must excellent. be true. You know, and, and it's free, and it's free. It's totally free, funded by the government. You're a first generation, first born Australian, uh, yes. first uh, first generation uh, from an Italian background. 
you started as a air hostess, starting with 25 properties, you've now got over a thousand properties. You're changing the philosophy for the way that we see tenants. Laura Valenti, thank you so much for joining us. You are making a real difference and, and that's a really valuable thing for the industry. So thanks for joining us. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, pleasure. Thanks, Laura. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Click. If you want to keep up to date, make sure to subscribe or sign up for our mailing list at clickpodcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, fresh pod every Friday, blog post fortnightly, video content weekly.